0: Welcome to Dietitian Boss. My name is Libby Rothschild. I'm the CEO and founder of the Dietitian Boss Method. Our company is here to help you get started in private practice even before you think you're ready. I've created a proprietary process to help you increase visibility, create organic content, enroll clients into an offer, and learn sales skills that don't even feel salesy. Listen every week to your colleagues as they're being interviewed and we chat about their progress and success from when they got it started from zero to all the way to creating million-dollar businesses and beyond. Welcome today. I'm here with Sarah, our director of operations and operation coach here at Dietitian Boss. And we're excited to chat with you about budget and all things budget 101, meaning what is profitability? What does a profit margin mean in your business and why you must understand your numbers even to a a minimum um, capacity for your first year in business? So we're going to help guide you through some beginner concepts today. Uh, Thank you for joining, Sarah. Super happy to have you here.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to be here with you.
0: Yeah, Sarah is, uh, you know, one of her specialties in operations is really having a good grasp on budget and all things related to systems around budget. So it's going to be a great episode today to dive in. Um, so I want to just start out by saying, Sarah, when people, today's episode is specifically about the listeners who are starting out mm-hmm. and whether it's startup costs or that first year in business, or maybe you've been in business for a couple of years, but you, it's taken you a while to get up off the ground when it comes to earning revenue or profit. Can you explain how does the budget fit at the beginning? At what point is it important to have a, somewhat of a budget?
1: Yeah, well, this is a great question because I think a lot of people are kind of scared to talk about money and either it's just because of, you know, maybe their past history with money or they just don't really understand what they need to be looking at. Um, And I think the first important thing to point out about a budget is that it doesn't really need to cost much money to start a business. And I know you've talked about that. And so I feel like that's one of the myths that I would like to clear up. Um, before I even get into the budget, is that people think you have to invest in a website and some of these other things that um, can be expensive, and that's not really needed. So when you're just getting started and thinking about your budget, it's really keeping in mind what are the absolute necessary expenses. And because to create your budget, you're going to need to know your income and expenses. And if you're not working with clients yet, then, um, you know, you don't have that income coming in, but you likely have internet and you may have some various software. And so those would be your very basic expenses and things that you would start gathering uh, to be able to create your budget. Um, Is there anything you want to add about the kind of the myths and well, we're on ahead.
0: the same we're on the same page and that's what yeah. we represent here at Dietitian Boss is that we want to simplify what it takes to start your business. Sure, there is a lot of mindset and personal growth which is beautiful and sometimes frustrating at all levels, not just at the beginning, but once you achieve milestones, right? You hire your first staff member or you 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 know, it, you're going to increase your team at every single level, maybe quitting your clinical job, right? There's going to be new growth opportunities. Um, That being said, getting started at the beginning can actually cost zero. Now, I know you're thinking that's crazy. You can have nominal costs, right? Software, absolutely. Internet connection. Um, I've said in a video that uh, we published this past week, Um, nine tips on starting or how to start your private practice and nine tips for free. Um, You can actually wait on doing things like buying a contract until you have your first paying client. Once your client pays you, you then buy the contract and give it to them. So there are ways for those of you that feel more comfortable having that contract on hand first, fine. But there are ways that you can minimize costs just to get off the door uh, or off the floor. Or again, you know, if you want to say $500, you're going to invest to get started and then recoup that within your first client or two that's another way of looking at this. So I'm glad that you brought that up, Sarah, about just demystifying that starting a business costs a lot of money um, because I think it it takes more energy than money. Would you agree on that?
1: Yes, definitely. <laughs> agree 100% with that.
0: Yeah. And we have another episode, Sarah and I recorded an episode about energy management and we talk about that often. So we we did that a, a few months back where we talked about time management tips, et cetera. Um, which is really helpful when you're getting started. So that being said, you mentioned a moment ago collecting some you know basic information or basic, you know, tabulating some expenses. It might be an EMR if you're using one, although I don't think it's necessary right at the beginning. Um, if you're running a group program, like we suggest, you can run your program through Facebook and have people sign, of course, a HIPAA compliance and a contract, which we do recommend. But you don't need an EMR at the beginning, although you can choose to use one. That being said, for whatever you're using for your expenses, Sarah, what do you? What are some tactical steps or tips for those people that either haven't made money or they have, but it's like you know maybe under five thousand or ten thousand dollars to start?
1: Yeah. So you definitely just want to first start with a simple budget. So whether you have income first or expenses, start with that. And you can use a simple um, Google spreadsheet and do it month by month. And so it's really just being aware of your numbers. So if you're making a thousand dollars every month, put that for the income. And then if you're spending, you know, hundred dollars expenses, put that, and then you'll know by the end of year about what your profit is going to be. Um, you know, what the whole goal of that, of looking at those two numbers is just making sure that you are having some profit, um, because I've seen some people not look at their numbers and then end up spending more than they're making. And you know, you're, you're in this to run a business and you want to be working towards that. So just getting familiar and comfortable with tracking those numbers, um, is a, is a great start.
0: Yeah. And that doesn't mean for the listeners who might be freaked out by this, if you're not used to it, or it's not comfortable, or you don't, you know, air quotes, feel like a numbers person, uh, just even in some way, whether it's pen and paper, or like Sarah had mentioned, you know, Google Sheets or an Excel sheet on, on some kind of a desktop, keep in mind that jotting down these simple things, or even if you're doing it um, in in kind of, you're doing it from a few months ago, having some kind of Tracking tool or awareness is helpful. So, what would you say, Sarah, is kind of the biggest thing you see with our clients um, in their first year of business or their first, let's say, that they're earning that they miss when it comes to budget? What do you think you see the most?
1: Yeah, I would say there's probably two things. One, they're not reviewing those numbers on a monthly basis. And so they're not really thinking ahead about taxes they might have to pay and saving that depending on profit. So like Libby said, if you're at, you know, 50 or $60,000, and if you have very few expenses, you're going to need to have some money saved back for taxes rather than paying yourself all of that. Um, And then now being like, oh, now, now where is that tax money going to come from? So just simply saving, um, you know, setting aside an account, um, it's safe to plan for about 20% for taxes. It's usually not that high, but then at least you have that. So that would be one of the tips. um, One of the things I see that they don't always do. And the other one is that if you're making profit, so again, if you're looking at your income and you're looking at your expenses and, you know, we all know there's a lot to do when you're getting your business started. Um, planning ahead if you are able to invest in hiring your first team member, that's definitely gonna be a little further along. But if you're in your first year and you're at fifty or sixty thousand, you can definitely start to look at investing in that.
0: That's what I would say is the biggest thing I noticed. So the taxes, sure, although I am not as compliance based. So I'm glad that you brought that up. I probably would have never said that. So thank you. <laughs> Sarah, you are the peanut butter to my jelly, as I said before. <laughs> Um, correct. You know, you kind of fill the, the gaps that I missed. So I appreciate that. Yeah. The, the most common thing I see, and especially in our market and dietitians are 95% women. And I see some parallels with that. We're not reinvesting back into our business enough. Yeah. And what we're saying isn't matching up with our actions. We're saying we want to make six figures. We want to quit our job. We want to make multi six figures, maybe for example, 250,000 in revenue or even a million. But we've got really big profit margins, meaning we're taking home most of the money we're making. And that, to me, is a disconnect. So if you want to yeah. make more money and grow more aggressively, you have to reinvest back into your business. So what I've seen after working with th- over a 1,000 dietitians in different products and services in this company over the last several years is a hesitancy, number one, to just understand basics, which is understandable. It can be scary, and we're trying to demystify that. And two is just that scared factor to reinvest. And that could be for many reasons. And I do see this and statistics show this is more true with women. And I do see
1: it. Yeah, definitely.
0: What are your thoughts on on that, Sarah?
1: Oh, I, I totally agree. I mean, if you're looking to grow, reinvesting is one of the fastest ways, you know, to do that. And I think, especially as a woman and thinking of giving up control or delegating and trusting somebody else, sometimes that can be scary when we're thinking of our own business um, but if you do want to grow faster and you don't want to be working all the time, um, it's a great way to manage the, your time and energy by reinvesting and hiring a team member.
0: Yeah. And, and I will say that that's what helped this company you know scale to a million in 2020 was absolutely reinvesting back into staff. And reinvesting back into software um, like HubSpot, which is what we use for our client management system. So really making an end myself, right? Like coaches, peer groups, etc. So it's been a huge um, attribution to the success of this company. And so I'm, I'm hoping I can role model for dietitians who you know feel scared. And, and Sarah hit the nail on the head with. Lack, the control issue, what I want to mention and add to that, which control is totally true, is just self-worth. I want to put that on the yeah. tables. I think a lot of our clients from what I see and, and my experiences is we don't think we're worth reinvesting back into ourselves or we're not willing to take the time to develop our business acumen and see that if we were able to reinvest more into team members sooner or it, just coaching Definitely. services, right? Yeah. That it will help us Work less and make more, which is the ultimate goal. We want to increase profits, meaning the amount we take home while working less hours on things like admin, perhaps, and doing more things we love, which can be different per person. But in order to get there and decrease that disconnect, we've got to put money into our our business if we want to get there faster. Now, I am speaking to those that say you want to get to six figures or 250,000 a year or a million. For those of you that resonate with that, reinvesting back in your business is going to help you get there faster. And then having a budget in mind, even if it's simple, like I love what Sarah said, gathering tabulating that information month by month, which I think is pretty simple to do is the first step to help you gain some clarity with making those decisions down the line.
1: Yeah. And I would also like to add for anybody that might be listening and thinking like, okay, you say to keep it simple and gather the numbers, but I'm really not good at math. Cause that's something I hear oftentimes is like, that's not somebody's strong suit. Yep. Um, you don't need to, I just want to be clear, you don't need to go hire a professional or a bookkeeper, like for what I'm talking about is really just getting comfortable, looking at the numbers monthly and recording those numbers. Um, you can always, you know, research Google um, free accounting software. There's simple programs to use if you really don't want to have to do it yourself, but it's just looking at that income and expenses and doing that on a recurring basis um, and, and getting comfortable doing it and being informed. And
0: I want to say there's so much benefit to that because the end goal is to have freedom to spend time with your children or for those of you, you know, your family, whatever that means for you. And for those of you that want to travel more and you want to give back, it's really important that you set up these systems in the beginning. So we're really trying to show you what you can do now to set yourself up for success faster in a way that'll create sustainable systems for you. And that does mean... Uh, creating a budget, and then being open to developing these business skills. And and that's what I love about our our executive program. And last night's call was so special because multiple clients of ours were talking about their profit margins and their win on the call was, here are what my numbers are. And they're so excited getting ready for our quarterly goal setting call next week that we run at the top of every quarter. And we asked them, bring the budget sheet that Sarah's created in our program to the call because we have a simple process of how to set those quarterly goals for the year. And the first step includes bring your numbers. So we know we're working with to help set the strategy and then really be able to create those systems for you. That make sense. And so to get to that level, for those of you who are aspiring for financial freedom, you know, starting with Sarah saying now is going to help you get there with ease.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's just getting into habit and getting comfortable and um, you know, keeping yourself accountable And not getting discouraged in the beginning when you're not yet making the profit you want to make, Um, you know, the journey is different for everybody and you'll, um, you know, it's just about, like I said, being aware of what's going on and realizing it'll take time. And if you're looking at um, not making the profit yet that you want, that's when you need to look at your time management and working on that. So
0: absolutely. Can you give two to three time management tips? And then I want to talk about profit margins.
1: Yeah. So what I would suggest with time management is one planning your week out. um, So knowing, you know, the top tasks you need to do um, and listing those out, that's going to help you to be more um, proactive. And the reason I tell you to plan your week out and it can be simple, um, it can be the top three tasks you want to do each day or it could even it could just even be one, one to three tasks each day. But if you don't get in that habit, it can be easy to get very reactive And maybe you check emails and you just answer everything that comes in. Um, So planning, what you're going to do is the first tip. The second tip is limit your email. (laughs) So that's why I brought email up. And the first one is I've seen so many of our clients when I work with them on their ideal week, they spend a lot of time in email. So I know it's important and that you do need to communicate and respond to people, but I would set two to three times a day where you go in and check it and set a timer for yourself so that, you know. Um, you know, you're not spending countless, countless time. And then the third tip would be at the end of your week, review what you got done. Um, did you get done what you wanted? If not, why not? And then, you know, readjust next week, because that's going to help you to learn and just to improve um, your time management overall. And and
0: I feel like you're giving all the secrets you know, I know there's still more you're, you're, you're not uh, sharing, but that, that's so helpful. And the ideal week that we have in the program gives you a visual of where you're at now, where you want to go and helping you fill in those gaps step by step. And the review process Sarah is talking about with looking at your week. Now that can feel laborious for some of us, depending on your personality, but that's why having some simple systems in place, even if that review is just a five minute check-in process. Uh, or, you know, I, I know a lot of dietitians like color coded, if you've got a color coded calendar, um, just coming up with some simple systems. And then, you know, in our program, we've got a lot of accountability for that. Cause it's not that you don't know that's important. It's it's just, you need the accountability to get it done. And, and I can speak to that because that's, um, can be challenging as well to, um, allocate time appropriately based on where you want to go. So excellent tips. Uh, Sarah, if we could move on um, as we wrap up and just make sure we describe what profit margins are, because mm-hmm. A, if we could describe that and B, why is it important to know what profit margin means in the beginning of business? And, and like what does that do for the future of your business? Why Why is that important to plan for profit margins?
1: Yeah, definitely. So to to briefly explain the profit margin, uh, you're going to look at your total sales, so your gross sales, and you're going to subtract your expenses. And that's that's your net. And if you do the percentage of that that you're um, making, that's your profit margin. So um, you know, if your total sales are, if you're keeping 80% of that, then, um, you know, you've just calculated your profit margin in a very simple way. Of course, the higher expenses, lower the profit margin goes down. Um, and you always want to be profiting. That's why I suggested in the beginning to look at your income and subtract expenses. Of course, like we said in the beginning, you, you could have some minimal expenses if you're not um, having any income yet, and it's okay Um, that's why you can do the budget for the entire year and see what that profit margin is going to be at the end of the year. Um, But it's just important to always be looking at if you're profiting um, and if that changes from month to month to looking at why. So if your expenses have gone up or down, um, that will definitely impact that.
0: And and I just want to add that um, this entire episode and everything we do is for online business. So when Sarah mentioned, you could always be profiting. Uh, keep keep in mind that that's if you have 100% online company. So if you have a, yeah. let's say you're renting out an office or a brick and mortar, there are often situations where our, our clients who come to us and we learn that they've got some kind of brick and mortar situation, um, they have to pay for that overhead. And that's something that they might put up front if they are doing a hybrid or before they come 100% virtual. And that's another reason why starting virtual has so many benefits, because you have a faster chance to get to profitability and it's more simple because there's less expenses you have to worry right. about. And let's be real, I mean, the world is shifting to virtual. So you being relevant and, and accommodating your, your clients and increasing the accessibility is helpful. So I just want to keep that in mind because there are yep. different uh, that you know, we can go really deep with profit margins and profitability for different business types, but we are talking about virtual, virtual
1: private practice. Yes, definitely. Yeah, expenses, you will have a much smaller profit margin with the brick and mortar. And uh, you know, and as you grow, it just depends how your business changes and what you're um, investing in and what your expenses are. And
0: um, and we we can do another episode on that later yep. if you guys are interested. And you want to hear about um, businesses that are different models that have different goals and how profit margins can change over time for different businesses. But for purposes of today's episode, talking about, let's say, your first year in business or maybe your first $50,000, $60,000 you're making uh, to replace your clinical salary, uh, to reiterate what Sarah had mentioned, you want to be mindful of your profit margin. That means the amount you're taking home. You want to focus on profitability. Again, we're we're recommending an online business. And then you want to have some kind of system, even if it's simple for you to tabulate your expenses so you're aware month by month, Um, and then when you get to a point where you can outsource that. Um, that's helpful, but it, it can be something really simple. You can do it first.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Okay. And then just for um, example purposes to make sure that profit margins are understood by our listeners. Um, I just want to give, I know you said 80%. I just want to give a few more numbers here. Oh, yeah. So if you're making, let's just keep it, let's go with that 80% because it's a nice clean number. If you're making ten thousand dollars a month, now I know that might be aspirational, but let's mm-hmm. say ten thousand, totally possible. A lot of our clients do it, mm-hmm. right? And your expenses are two thousand dollars. And expenses can include, let's say, you purchase ConvertKit, which is email marketing. Let's say you're part of the Dietitian Boss program, right? That that's an expense. And then let's say, I don't know, I'm just going to make up something else that's an expense for business. Um, give me something that you would you would put in that category, Sarah.
1: For a, oh, a new- let's see. Let's um, if you're paying somebody monthly for your bookkeeping, there
0: you go. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, so let's add that on there. So, however much, let's say that comes out to just for purposes of this example, two thousand dollars. You're making ten thousand, right? That means you have uh, an eighty percent profit margin because your top line yeah. revenue is ten thousand, and you're paying two thousand in expenses you're taking home 8,000. So eight over 10 is going to mean you're making 80% profit margin. So that's a super simple way. I know we we kept the numbers clean today. I just want you all to understand that you want to be taking home money at first and your profit margins can change over time. But in the beginning, you want to focus on a larger profit margin until you're going into some more nuanced advanced techniques that happen with budget and strategy that Sarah and I help out in our executive level program. Anything else you want to wrap up or add to that Sarah today?
1: Um, the only thing I would add, and it's it's you're probably gonna laugh because we mentioned it earlier on, but is if you are bringing home eight grand, you do want to be holding a month money out monthly for taxes because you will yeah. have a tax bill, and that would go into part of your expenses. So um, it would decrease your profit margin a little bit., um, but that would be a number that that would also be calculated into your expenses.
0: Yep, so yep. thank you for mentioning that. i I, I, I told you earlier, you know, Sarah Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Let's, let's not forget about that. So yes, you <laughs> important forward to do your tax planning, do your due diligence where you live, which is going to depend and, um, definitely make sure you're, you're planning for that as well. Um, so thank you for mentioning that. I hope this was helpful and, uh, we'll see you guys on social media. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to show your face, tag us at dietitian boss on Instagram and let us know what part uh, resonated. We are so excited to offer you support in our various programs. If you identify as a beginner and you're looking to lay down the foundations, our society program might be a great fit for you. I encourage you to go to dietitianboss.com under group coaching and apply for our experience, our transformative experience based off of my proprietary system called the Dietitian Boss Method.